Hawk's steam bike raced down the dark highway, seven of those damn mercenaries from the hands of Atropos in pursuit and gaining. Come on, come on, he urged his little steam engine that couldn't. If you break your bike, Tally will kill us, Braden yelled over the wind as he desperately clutched onto Hawk. Tally needs to speed it up. I can outmaneuver, but I can't outrace a motorcycle, Hawk shouted back. This is a real motorcycle. Ninety percent of the time, I'd agree with you. Usually, he appreciated the genius it took to build a bike that used no gasoline and emitted no CO2. But right now, the hands were nigh on top of them and his accelerator was maxed out. Practicality was about to, all too literally, beat the shit out of idealism. Just keep hold of that backpack and let me drive. But there was no point. They were caught on the highway, where Hawk and his inferior speed were at the disadvantage. Even swerving between cars, he couldn't pull ahead. The damn hands would take the shoulder and press on, police lights blaring. Oh yeah, this time they had the law on their side. Political bastards. God damn it, Hawk. Why are you slowing down? So you can make a run for it with the stash. I'll hold him off as long as I can. For once, Braden was silent as the blaring sirens crescendoed. His silence didn't last. Even you aren't bulletproof, he drummed Hawk's arm in sudden excitement. Exit here, here. Hawk would question later. For now, he veered a hard right that snaked them across two lanes of traffic and onto the feeder. Their tails didn't make the cut in time. Hawk exhaled in relief, but he knew their spot of luck wouldn't last. The hands of Atropos would roll from the shadows like rats in pursuit of raw meat and continue the chase. Under the highway, head for downtown. We're not leading them home. But Hawk took the turn anyway. They'd have a better shot at losing them in the streets of downtown Austin, as well as a better chance of wrecking his new bike or driving amuck through unsuspecting pedestrians. Like the hands of Atropos and their bosses at the order of Ananke, Hawk and the other citizens of the Underlight didn't like drawing attention to themselves. It might be the only thing the warring groups agreed on. Katrina's got her holiday show tonight at the abandoned electric station by the lake. She'll hide us until it's clear. Fear, irrational and more gut-deep than what an armed enemy could inspire, clenched Hawk's stomach. Reflexively, his hand released the accelerator and the bike stalled out beneath the overpass. He bit out. I'm not going to Katrina's. You'll be fine. Just keep moving. Come up with a new plan. Fine. Keep your helmet on when you walk inside. That's the new plan. Hawk glared at his friend through the face shield. Yeah, because that won't get us noticed. Braden huffed. Then take it off. It's a flippin' maze in there. No one will see you. And she doesn't care about your face anyway. Now for the love of gods, let's get our asses and our ill-gotten goods somewhere safe. He slapped the backpack of evidence they'd risk their necks tonight to acquire. What's in here is more important than your pride. Hawk clenched his jaw. Did you forget the part where I'm a wanted man and can't just go gallivanting around in public? A bullet slammed against the pilings. Braden screeched, get us out of here. Hawk slammed the accelerator and the bike zipped forward in a cloud of steam.
Maybe he would head to Katrina's. He knew her. She wouldn't turn him in. And he and Braden had worked too hard tonight to get caught now. But it wasn't Katrina who set his mind on edge. Her show was Pussy Willow. Burlesque, an always crowded affair full of jazz music, neon cocktails, and amazingly talented, scantily clad women. Hawk didn't like crowds, and crowds didn't like him. His face and body, or what was left of it from his time in Afghanistan, was a mess of burn scars and tattoos. He could kill the joy in a room simply by stepping from the shadows. And women? He'd take any amount of physical pain over the horrified looks his disfigured form invariably put on their faces. Add to that, he was wanted for seven other soldiers on his squad who also went up in flames, but wound up in coffins. He didn't remember a thing about that night to explain how he was the lone survivor. Maybe he had gone nuts and torched a barracks full of his fellow rangers. But that didn't feel right. Right.